Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. What I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. And hello, welcome in. Monday edition of the program. Glad to have you with us. And a little bit of breaking news to begin our Monday show. Jack Tuttle, the captain of the IU football team, backup quarterback, former four-star player coming out of high school that initially committed and signed with Utah before entering the portal and transferring to Indiana. He's entered the transfer portal. And the word is he's going to stay in Bloomington and finish the academic year. But uh, Tuttle, uh, a backup option for the Hoosiers this season is uh, headed out of Bloomington and will be a graduate transfer in the portal, which means he would be immediately eligible to play for another season uh, at his next designation. So obviously Indiana football with a loss over the weekend, uh, not a good situation for Indiana. Maryland starting quarterback goes out. Indiana's up. You think Indiana has a chance to finish and maybe win the game which would have been great for this team given how recent weeks have went and how the season is trending. But nonetheless, that does not work out, and Indiana football drops the contest on on a Saturday to Maryland. And now they've got a Rutgers game coming up, which is a tough one. And then, of course, a stretch after that, which is almost unbelievably tough with Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan State, and then finishing the season with an up-and-down Purdue team in a rivalry game to finish off the year. So we'll talk more about the football game, but I wanted to get the breaking news out that Jack Tuttle uh, is entering the portal and uh, is exiting uh, his time as an Indiana football player. Glad to have you with us. Don't forget, if you missed the live show, you can find us as a podcast. We're available wherever you listen to podcasts. All you got to do is search for The Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison, and you'll find us there. Also, we'll be here every day at 11 a.m. this week, complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Don't forget, you can text me during the show. If you got a question or comment or you'd like to sound off on IU football or you're excited about IU basketball, the number is 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. That's the Thornton's text line, and Thornton's is the perfect stop for all the best pick-me-up items you need to get your day started, like their fresh coffee and delicious donuts. So uh, get a text in. We've got Zach Osterman coming up, and I'll tell you the rest of the lineup here in just a moment, but love to hear from you today here as we start another week and get closer and closer and closer to the start of uh, college basketball. Because just to recap here, NBA basketball, the regular season, begins on Tuesday night, so we'll be following Romeo, and I'm always a bigger NBA fan early in the year, before you've got that option of Big Ten and college hoops on as well, 
but it's here, which signals that the fall is here and the winter is just around the corner and basketball season overall has arrived. That's good news. We've got high school football sectional games for some area schools this Friday night. Others will have a bye week before they begin tournament play the following Friday. So that's exciting. And a lot of volleyball champions crowned, sectional champions for our area crowned over the weekend. Also, some other school sports uh, beginning to start to wind down their fall state tournaments as well. So just a very busy time locally with college and professional stuff. And baseball, I don't talk a lot of MLB, but Kyle Schwarber and the Phillies victorious over the weekend, moving on in the MLB postseason. And I watch so few games, just bits and pieces here and there during the regular season, but postseason baseball is a wonderful thing. Um, it's much more, I am much more apt to sit and watch a whole game if I've got the time, at least spend some time on it, which I don't during the regular season, but postseason baseball, especially an elimination game, just a lot of fun. And there were some tremendous finishes, tremendous games in baseball over the weekend. So that's fun to add to the docket as well. But this is just a great sports time. And of course, uh, we're basketball dominant on this program really year round. And that uh, tells me that high school basketball is not far off as well. I've had uh, conversations recently with some of the head coaches in the area starting to think about uh, the upcoming season and preseason interviews and things like that. And we're going to kick all that off very soon as well. So a really fun time ahead uh, in our high school basketball, really sports scene overall. Uh, let's take a look uh, at the show lineup for today, a service of Honey Baked Tam in New Albany. Segment one here in just a few moments. We'll get into some headlines of the day as we kick off the week. Also, later in the show, Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Star will join for the latest on IU football, uh, the Jack Tuttle news. We're going to cover both of those topics. And then we'll squeeze some basketball in today as well. Uh, IU, I've noticed now in the metric base rankings, like the Torvik ratings uh, and Ken Palm as well, Ken Palm probably the more predominant. Indiana is a top 15 team. So really, the humans say that, and the metrics say that, and that's exciting, I think, for IU basketball. So we'll discuss that. And uh, I've talked about this before, but Ohio State is recruiting really, really good right now. And I do pay a lot of attention to recruiting in the Big Ten Conference, of course, Indiana, but other teams as well. And I'm not sure that anybody is hotter right now than Chris Holtman at Ohio State. So we'll talk about how maybe that could translate into success down the line for the Buckeyes as well. Uh, later in the hour, it's Monday, so Chad Gilbert, Charlestown Athletic Director uh, and IHSA Executive Board member, he'll join me as we talk the latest in local sports. we got to recap the regular season. It was a good season for Chad Gilbert's Pirates, also a really good season for the Providence Pioneers. We'll highlight both of those teams today and start to get you ready for the postseason and catch up on everything else going on in fall sports as well. So Chad Gilbert with us later in the show today. And that's the lineup, a service of Honey Baked Tam in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service is still available as well at Honey Baked Tam in New Albany. All right, let's get into some headlines. I've already covered the Jack Tuttle news. That obviously is big stuff. Some basketball items now. Had to do a, a double take uh, at my phone over the weekend. I was scrolling through, and I see a picture of Trace Jackson Davis and Race Thompson decked out in Tennessee orange 
not long after the Volunteers I had just watched on television pull off an upset against Alabama, which was really exciting to see Tennessee, who, when I was a kid, they were the program. And uh, you could see that success maybe coming back, uh, the fans ready to roll, and a lot of excitement after that win. But Trace and Race were there. Trace has a brother, not a blood brother, but a uh, with a, a, a brother from a, that has another father than he does uh, at, at Tennessee. And so uh, Trace and Race taking an opportunity to use that connection, I'm sure, to get some tickets and attend uh, that big game over the weekend. They appeared to have a great time. I think it's great that they can slip away for a day or so and uh, visit with family, be with family, get a chance to have some fun before I'm sure getting back on campus Sunday for practices or whatever activities were scheduled with the season just around the corner. But neat to see them. And again, had to do a double take uh, again with the transfer portal these days. Uh, it can't happen that quick, but heck, you never know. Uh, so I, I did think, what in the world's going on? But they were down there for the Tennessee football game. I'm sure a lot of you guys saw that as well. Also, not good news for Cody Zeller. With the NBA season set to tip off on Tuesday night, the Utah Jazz over the weekend announced that they have waived veteran big man and former Hoosier, Washington, Indiana native Cody Zeller, according to the Athletics. So uh, that will be interesting to see what happens next for Cody. I would assume he'll have a chance to get picked up by someone else, but we'll see. We'll see how things play out for him. Uh, also, IU basketball season tickets, I've heard from some folks, are beginning to arrive uh, in people's uh, mailboxes. That's another signal that the season is almost here, another signal that as football has its struggles. Uh, I know a lot of people are excited to get their tickets for basketball season uh, in Bloomington as well. Uh, there was an event over the weekend in Indianapolis, actually over in Illinois, it was an all-Midwest freshman and sophomore camp put on by the Pangos outfit, and it's an annual event. It's been in Indianapolis before. This year it was over in LaGrange, Illinois. But a number of Indiana players in the 25 and 26 classes were there, and I find that interesting because with as much as we talk about high school basketball and recruiting on this program, events like that are kind of the early opportunity to really begin to learn about some of the real young guys in our state and the good news for listeners, I'm not going to get into names or details or who knows if Indiana will jump on them early or not, but the good news is there does seem to be some real young talent in this state from a basketball perspective, which obviously can be good for Mike Woodson in Indiana. It can be good for our high school basketball scene overall, uh, but uh, definitely some young names to uh, to pay attention to as, uh, as we get ready for the upcoming high school basketball season. I mentioned this earlier, the Phillies and Kyle Schwarber, are victorious and moving on in the uh, NLDS. Uh, they knocked out the Atlanta Braves over the weekend, the defending World Series champion. So that's big for the Phillies. Are they getting hot at the right time? And can they maybe make a run to represent the National League in the World Series? But definitely Schwarber, a big part of that. And the Phillies moving on in the playoffs. And uh, again, great games overall this weekend. Some long games, some exciting games. Uh, just postseason baseball is a lot of fun and will be interesting to follow Schwarber. Great to have an IU connection in the baseball playoffs as we move on. He's had a tremendous season, hitting a lot of home runs, leading the National League this year, and uh, curious if he can keep up the good play and have some long balls here in the postseason as well. That's a look at our headlines for this Monday edition of the program. We'll head to a commercial break when we come back. 
Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Star will join the program. We'll talk about Jack Tuttle's departure, a little bit of a surprise. We'll talk about IU Maryland and what went wrong for the Hoosiers on Saturday, and we'll get into some basketball topics as, as well. Also, Chad Gilbert's still ahead as well on local sports. Stay with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. like a god. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. You know, most people would kill to be treated like a god just for a few moments. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, welcome back here on this Monday program. Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Star with us. Don't forget the sports text line is open. Your questions on IU basketball and football are welcome. Number 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. You can download the Thornton's Refreshing Rewards app today for great offers and savings on fuel every day. Zach, welcome in. I wanted to start with the IU Maryland game and go through some of the issues there for the Hoosiers, but we've got a little bit of breaking news earlier this morning. That's the backup quarterback for Indiana uh, is going to Jack Tuttle, who also the captain of the team, is going to enter the transfer portal and finish out the academic school year at Indiana, it seems. Yeah, so it, it, I think it's important to, to note that first, that he is going to be staying at Indiana through the academic year. And I think this is maybe kind of a bit of the future of the portal. So to speak, you know, we've got these windows now where players naturally, you know, sort of go through the proper recruitment process and take a transfer and move. And so I think that I think it's probably going to become more common that you will see players declare their intention to transfer. And I don't think anybody would be surprised that Jack Tuttle is going to transfer. Um, he's obviously got, you know, I think what one year left, and there are players ahead of him in the depth chart. But this idea that essentially, you know, because there are these windows to transfer now, you can declare your intention to enter the portal. That doesn't mean you're leaving the team. You can finish out the season and then move on. In the same way that, you know, a player might say he's opting out of his contract at the end of the season. He's not going to just down tools and, and quit playing for the team he's under contract with. Everybody knows he's leaving at the end of the year, but everybody also knows that he's going to be sticking around and giving it his all while he's still there. I, I think this is going to become more common in college football. Yeah, no question. Uh, Jack Tuttle announced earlier today he'll enter the transfer portal. I do think it's interesting to note for him, uh, he started his career at Utah and really did not get an opportunity there, eventually coming to uh, Indiana. So this is another study in an example of the transfer portal world of football and college sports where uh, things don't work once, you get a second chance, and you can also get a third chance in Jack Tuttle's situation. I think he's, what, this year classified as a fifth-year senior, but he does have, as you mentioned, one year of eligibility left. Yeah, and I, I think Tuttle probably deserves some credit, frankly. I mean, he, he came to Indiana with a real pedigree. He was the first Elite 11 uh, participant quarterback ever to commit to Indiana, or well, I guess ever to sign with Indiana. Um, 
and you know he walked in and you know almost immediately was behind Peyton Ramsey and Michael Penix and then he was behind Michael Penix and then he was behind Connor Bazelak. It would have been easy, I guess, is my point. But my point is, it would have been easy for him to walk away a while ago. And I suspect even this offseason, I'm, I'm guessing he probably could have done the grad transfer route ahead of this season, just because he has been in school for so long. Um, I think he deserves credit for sticking around, and I think he deserves credit, you know, for you know being a team captain even when he's not a starter, and being a leader even, even when he's not a starter, and, and all those kinds of things. I, I think it's it, it speaks well of him. Talking with Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Star. Zach, let's get into the game on Saturday. Another disappointment for uh, this Indiana football team. Uh, they had the lead with Maryland's starting quarterback carted off the field. And, you know, one thing we've, I think, had some belief in this season is Indiana's defense. And you could say that it was defense that did not help Indiana uh, win the game and perhaps was a reason it ended up losing to Maryland uh, in a fairly close football game on Saturday. Yeah, I think that's probably the, the disappointing, most disappointing element of, of that game if you're Indiana. And I think in particular, you know, late on schematically, it, it felt like Maryland had virtually zero interest in passing the ball. Um, and obviously I don't know much about the backup quarterback. I think he attempted two, maybe three passes. But it was pretty clear that a team that typically is is very much sort of pass first um, was kind of kind of get behind the pads of a couple of big running backs, run downhill, use the quarterback's mobility as a weapon. Um, and listen, you know you can you can just get out executed and lose. But if you're Indiana, well, obviously you would never have wanted to see Talia Tagovailoa get hurt in that moment. As you point out there, they also have the lead when that happens. You know, if you're Indiana, that's got to be a moment where you sort of dig in and say, well, they're not going to beat us on the ground. You know, they've got their backup quarterback in the game. We are going to do whatever it takes to stuff this running game up, make him throw, and if it turns out he's really good and he can beat us with his arm, fair enough. Um, but, you know, I think that this if you're Indiana, you've got to resolve yourself to not lose that game the way you lost it. And without wanting to project too much, uh, because it can be very easy to draw intangible conclusions from tangible results, and that can be dangerous. Um, but, you know, if we've asked a lot about kind of the makeup and the character of this team, how much have they turned around from last season, how much have they improved from last season. You know, a, a game, to have that game in the way that it did obviously raises questions, schematic questions or skills questions or whatever about your defense. I do think it also kind of, I think it's fair to also sort of ask, like, is, is this a wider reflection of some problem, you know, of Indiana still not being maybe mentally strong enough, I guess. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to find a more artful way to say it, but... It just feels like a team that had really recovered that winner's edge that Indiana had in 2019 and 2020 and thought maybe it had found a little bit again this past offseason doesn't lose that game that way under those circumstances. But they did, and, and obviously now the, the path to a bowl is, is incredibly steep. 
Yeah, absolutely. Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Star, <clears throat> excuse me, my guest. He's with us Mondays as we talk IU football and more. Uh, Zach, you mentioned a bowl game. Uh, very tough to see at this point. And I'll be quite honest, as you look at the schedule, Rutgers is next for this IU football program. Um, if they don't get a win against Rutgers, you've got Penn State, Ohio State, and Michigan State in a row before Purdue. It's hard to see this thing not reaching really a, a even lower level. Um, with this program moving forward for the news off the field, and I know I've had people ask me, what is Tom Allen's future? And is Tom Allen on the hot seat? I'm not even sure that I'm ready to ask you that question yet, but a win for this team, there's something positive needed for this team. I know this is such a, an obvious thing, but a Rutgers victory, I think right now, where everything is at with this program and the news surrounding this program would just be unbelievably big. I think that's fair, and I think just, just broadly, you know, I don't think this, this season is spiraling the way last season did just because, and I'm not trying to be flippant, Indiana was never that high last season, or this season. You know, I mean, last season was such a season of extremes, of, of extremes, extremely high expectations, and then extremely profound disappointment. I don't think the expectations were ever high enough for it to feel like this team could crash. But after the 3-0 start, I do think this team felt like, hey, maybe it has gotten its feet under it again a little bit. You know, maybe maybe it had kind of cuffed back up a little bit. And to have the last four games gone as they've gone, and I think in particular the last two games, uh, Nebraska and Maryland, I think have been particularly difficult for, for this um, for, for this team. Basically, I mean, Rutgers, yes. Penn State or Michigan State, two teams that I don't think Indiana's going to beat, but I think they're vulnerable. Obviously, a win against Purdue at this point, I think you are much more in just sort of like, can you find some, can you do enough to find some positives in this season mode rather than in pursue a bowl birth at this point mode? Zach Ostrom in the Indianapolis Star, my guest, talking IU football to begin the segment today. Zach, I do want to get into some basketball stuff with you as well. I know people are excited about that season, which is really just around the corner now at this point. But over the weekend, I saw both the Ken Palm and Torvik preseason ratings and metrics that come out uh, have Indiana basketball within their top 15. So it seems like to me the basketball metrics that are available and also so many of the preseason polls, those that I think are legitimate, maybe others that I question a little bit, pretty much consensusly, I think you can say, Indiana is projected by everybody, metrics and others, to have a top 15 team this season. As we sit here just a couple weeks away from the start of the year, um, I'm not sure that at the end of last season, with all the things up in the air, even in the middle of the summer with uh, this program, that I thought they would be a top 15 team heading into the season. Obviously, there were you know, th thoughts they could be competitive and, and compete for a Big Ten championship, but uh, they really have kind of caught wind in a good way uh, from a lot of the preseason things out there that uh, have them now consensusly as top 15 getting ready for the season. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's, I think that's where they are. And, that, you know, listen, I'm not, I'm not saying they're going to be one of the 15 best teams in the country at the end of the year. But, you know, I think I'm firmly in the camp that says people take preseason rankings way too literally sometimes. Um, they're literally there, so we'll talk about them to some extent. 
um, and also because we kind of need to set the baseline somewhere. You know, it, 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 there's just there's never going to be an expectation that we go completely blind into a season. Um, I think what's interesting is, you know, Garth's rankings on T-Rank have been out for a while. He put them together back in the spring, and it, he's, I've talked to him a little bit. I find it interesting just picking his brain and basically how he tweaks them as maybe guys come back from the NBA draft or you pick up a transfer or a late signing or something like that. Ken Palm always just refreshes his in October, and, and it just stays at 2022 until one day it turns the page to 2023. I think what's interesting in, in contrasting the two is, is Bart still got Indiana as the top-ranked team in the Big Ten, as you said, top 15, I want to say 12 or 13 overall. But he's got a couple Big Ten teams right behind him, including Illinois. Ken Palm, I think, has Indiana 12, and I want to say the next closest Big Ten team is 23rd. And, you know, again, as we sort of try to contextualize how good is this team, what should people expect of this team, et cetera, you do sort of wonder, I think, in part, where does this team fit in the Big Ten firmament? Are they the favorite? I think a lot of people see them as the favorite. Can they overcome a tough schedule? How tough will that schedule be, et cetera? Um, I think it's just kind of interesting to see two computerized I don't know if that's the right word, but the two, you know, sort of very stats-driven analytical rankings, one seeing Indiana as the best of the Big Ten, but with some, some pretty close competition, and one where maybe Indiana, there is a little bit of clear blue water between Indiana and the rest of the league. Yeah, most definitely. One other IU note as well coming out of the weekend, and this isn't something you see every day, but Trace Jackson Davis was down at Tennessee. Of course, we know Tennessee was the talk of college football this weekend with their big win and then celebration after the win over Alabama. But Trace was there, along with Race Thompson, uh, watching Trace's younger brother who plays for the Volunteers. And I know a picture of Trace and Race in Tennessee garb with uh, their brother, his brother, I should say, in the middle, made a, a big circulation on social media over the weekend. But great to see they can get out this close to the season uh, go visit family and, of course, be there for such a big moment for the Tennessee football program. But I've got to tell you, when I first saw it, I did a double, maybe even triple take, looking at Indiana's two leaders and, in and, and many sense of the word, best players for the upcoming season, uh, decked out in Tennessee orange. Yeah, imagine the transfer portal rumors we could have started with that one. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I mean, I, I just think it's cool, that, and I think anybody who, who knows – you know, kind of traces family dynamic. It, 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 he and Taven are not uh, full brothers. They have different fathers, but like they are uh, like as, as tight as any brothers you'll come across. Um, you know, Trace, even once he got to college, was would, would go home for all of Taven's football games at Center Grove, even during the COVID season, because Taven had like bleach blonde hair. So even with masks on, in the COVID season, you could always spot David and David in the stands at Assembly Hall. He was at, I think, virtually every one of Trace's home games, and um, they're just very close. And I think it's a it's a really cool thing. Obviously, I don't think David played the game on Saturday. He's still a young player this either. I think it's maybe his second season in college. And as a quarterback, you know, typically you you want guys to have a little bit more seasoning than that. But um, I, I just I think it's a cool thing for a brother to be able to share you know, kind of a moment like that. And, and 
just have you know be able to be able to support somebody he's so close to. I mean, I think about it's not exactly the same comparison, but I remember when Indiana won the uh, the 2012 national championship in soccer. If I'm not mistaken, I'm almost certain Jordan Hall's basketball had a game Saturday night. Soccer was playing Sunday afternoon. Jordan Holes finished his game, got a little sleep, got in the car, and drove down to Hoover, Alabama, because his like childhood friend Caleb Konstansky was playing in a national championship game. And it's, I guess, as much as anything, it's just a reminder that it's easy to see these these athletes as just kind of like robots or quantities or you know names on a page, faces on a screen, but they're people. They're they're they are human people with relationships and friendships and stuff that's important to them that doesn't have anything to do with why they're important to you, if you understand what I'm saying. And, um, you know, good for Trace. I, I imagine that was a really cool environment. Obviously, it was Indiana's fall break, so it's probably a little bit easier to get away. And uh, I, I am quite sure we will be asking him about it the next time we see him. Yeah, no question. Talking with Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Star. Zach, we've almost made it to basketball season. We're through Hoosier hysteria. Practices are rolling. Good news continuing to come out in the preseason about this Indiana team. Uh, for some of these early games at Assembly Hall, they're exhibition games. They're not Division One level opponents. They are open for fans to attend. Uh, no secret scrimmages for the Hoosiers this year, which is interesting because so much of the Big Ten has secret scrimmages except IU. Uh, is this going to be pandemonium at Assembly Hall uh, from the very get-go, even for those early games, or Will it really ramp up as we get in early December to that North Carolina Monday night big-time ACC Big Ten Challenge game? Or are fans just so excited and thrilled you think that there will be outstanding crowds even for the exhibitions? I'm sure there will be a good crowd. Uh, you know, I, I don't know that it will be, you know, you use the word pandemonium. I, I don't know that this is going to be quite as intense from day one as, for example, the 2012-13 season was when Indiana was preseason number one overall. Um but I think that, you know, I mean, this is the most genuinely sort of anticipated season Indiana's had in a while. It's the only other one in, in recent memory that kind of measures up to it for me is the Romeo Langford season for, for obvious reasons. But that's, you know, the Romeo Langford season is different. That's about sort of the, the novelty of a top five kid on campus and how good can he be and how good can they be. You know, I think this team is, is much more about how oh, they've, they've proven a certain baseline now can they go, you know, even a level above that? Um, I, I think it's I, – I'm quite confident you're going to see some good crowds. It's not going to be as intense. And this is, this is always the case. You know, we always, like – we always get a quote from one of the veterans somewhere in the build-up to the first big home game of the year that says that, like, you know, something to the effect of, like, the freshmen haven't learned yet what Assembly Hall really feels like, but they will tomorrow night or this weekend or whenever it is. I'm sure UNC won't be, or these early games won't be UNC, but I think there will be a lot more energy than what you'd normally find for a lot of these games, just because, frankly, uh, there is a lot more excitement. There is a lot more sort of um, anticipation for this season. Absolutely. Zach, one final basketball note before we let you go. I know this, and I think this came up a few weeks, a month ago, but I always pay attention to recruiting, especially in the Big Ten Conference. And it seems like every time I turn around, Chris Holtman and Ohio State 
are getting some big-time commitment. I saw they landed a 2024 player. Junie Mobley is his name. He's number 44 overall and the number six-rated point guard. He's from Las Vegas. He committed to him oh, yesterday or over the weekend. Uh, they now have eight recruits in the top 65 if you go 22, 23, and 24 classes. Uh, a lot of out-of-state players as well. Uh, he seems to be, Coltman seems to be just really have an ability to recruit and is gathering a lot of talent. I don't know ultimately what the result will be for Ohio State, but I think it's definitely something to pay attention to. Have you kind of seen the uptick in recruiting by Ohio State? No, they definitely have. Um, you know, I mean, you look at the class they've got coming in this year. I mean, listen, they got a lot to replace. I think six of their top eight scorers are gone. But between having maybe two of the better transfers in the league and, and also – you know, some of the, the really good really guards they've got coming in this season. I think you're going to see freshmen making a very quick impact at Ohio State. Um, you know, but I, I think it feels like that stuff has a little bit less juice these days, probably because of the portal and also because of the, the, the way the NBA draft works now that you can go in and, and come out more easily, that it doesn't quite feel like the – the, the sort of path to good roster building is so linear. If you understand what I'm saying, it used to just sort of be you got to recruit well, good blend of guys that won't be in college for long but are your top-line stars and guys that you'll develop over three or four years, keep them together, win some games, establish a culture, rinse, repeat. Now with the portal, with the fact that you've got you know more freedom for guys to explore the draft without maybe needing to stay in the draft, with NIL allowing a certain caliber of player to probably make just as much money, if not more, in college than they would in the pros. It, it just feels like the, it's sort of like the, I think the cliche is, you know, there's more than one way to skin a cat. It, it, I think that's more true in college basketball than it used to be, and I think that is causing, you know, kind of some of, some of the recruiting wins that you see from, a, you know, an Ohio State or a Michigan or whatever to maybe not feel quite so impactful because you don't look at it and say, boy, if, if, if we can't get players of that caliber, how are we going to win? Well, there's there's other solutions to that problem now um, that weren't there even, you know, five, ten years ago, and I think it's just changed the game so much. Absolutely. Zach Osterman, the Indianapolis star, he's always with us Mondays to talk IU stuff. Zach, thank you, and uh, we'll do it again next week. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, as always. Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis star with us here on this Monday program. A lot on IU football and a little bit on basketball as well. We'll head to a commercial break. We're back to talk local sports, the final week of high school football in the books, and, of course, sectional football coming up on Friday night and so much other fall sports activity. Tournament time here for fall sports. Chad Gilbert is next. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Um, you know, we're going to see Salem, who we saw a couple of weeks ago. So we'll turn around and see them first round of the sectional. I think we'll be in pretty good shape against the Lions, but you never know. It's one and done. That's how you got to play them. But then it looks like that we could be hosting Heritage Hills here at Charlestown in week two. Uh, we'll see how it goes. That's, you know, that's what makes the tournament so special. We've beaten some teams that we're not supposed to beat before, uh, and that's the same thing with Salem. Salem could sneak up on us Friday night and beat us, and it's all an afterthought. But if things hold true to like they would on paper, that would be our uh, matchup at home, and we'll just kind of take it from there. I think uh, the Pirates got a good draw. I think that we've uh, gotten better as the season progressed, 
and we'll just see how it works out during the tournament. You know, you you don't have to be the best team, Matt, and we've talked about this before. You just got to be the best team on that night. Absolutely. Chad Gilbert, my guest. Chad, it's just a fun time of year with fall sports. We're getting into football, which kind of leads the way, at least in our coverage and what we talk about. But volleyball is so doggone good here in this area. And we had volleyball sectional championship games on Saturday night, Saturday afternoon at locations across the state. And soccer is winding down. Tennis is winding down. There are just so many things uh, that are in their postseason, some of them pretty far along. It's great to see some locals be recognized. Again, we had a number of volleyball sectional champions here on Saturday that are going to move on in the regional. But just a good time to see players and schools get a little community pride going, get some recognition, uh, especially in the postseason for sports that maybe don't get always talked about as much as they should. Matt, a very, very busy time for sports as it's wrapping up their sectionals. Uh, you think about that cross-country advancing to semi-state, you got uh, – Volleyball going on to regional, soccer advancing. Things are starting to culminate a little bit here and, and wrap up as the uh, fall sports kind of uh, are hitting that home stretch. So it's great for Clark Floyd, Harrison County, you know, for our area here to see teams advance. And we've been very blessed to have great teams in the winter, fall, and sports season. So it's something that, uh, you know, I would think Providence is in the driver's seat to win a 3A championship, Matt. We'll see how it goes there. Again, you got to be good. You, you got to be good, and you also got to be lucky. But I would right now I would not bet against the Pioneers in volleyball on the 3A level. No, it's going to be fun to see if Coach Perica and her team can make a move here with the regional action set for Saturday. Chad Gilbert's my guest. Chad's with me Mondays. We talk local sports here on the show. Chad, basketball season is just around the corner. In fact, the NBA begins on Tuesday night. I think you and I have had this conversation before, but – I'm much more apt to follow the NBA for the next month or so until college basketball really begins to hit its non-conference stride as far as some of the big games that happen as you get into November and around Thanksgiving time. Of course, after that, uh, so much focus on the Hoosiers and the Big Ten for me uh, and, of course, college hoops. But the NBA is beginning. One of the big talking points locally is Romeo Langford, former New Albany standout who uh, really did so much for the area in rejuvenating the basketball scene. But he had some good moments, a couple of them in the preseason for the Spurs, who aren't expected to be very good at all this season. He also had some concerning moments where you don't really know the details. He just didn't get to play. So I'm kind of watching cautiously these first few weeks of the season, starting Tuesday night, to see what type of role Romeo could possibly have with the Spurs this season. Matt, first of all, let's talk about basketball. Girls' high school basketball practice begins, you guessed it, today. Hard to believe that the girls' basketball first practice is actually starting up today. So it's uh, it's here. College basketball, I think the first contest, three weeks from today. And like you said, pro basketball starts up uh, later on this week. You talked about Romeo. I don't know if this is a make-or-break, do-or-die season, whatever you want to call it for Romeo, but I think it's important that he has a great season. I know everyone Clark Floyd County, Southern Indiana, and the state of Indiana, for that matter, is rooting for Romeo and hopes that he does well because he just the way that he carried himself throughout the state when he was a high school player, when he was an Indiana Hoosier, just a, a class act, what he's given back to New Albany High School, Everyone is rooting for Romeo, and we hope that he has a breakout season, not just a, a good season, a breakout season, 
and is able to show what we've all in Southern Indiana seen Romeo capable of doing. Yeah, absolutely. And you brought up uh, girls' basketball beginning today. The season is underway for them as far as practices go. Providence had a, a morning madness event where they invited a couple television stations, had some guest speakers. I think breakfast was provided for their girls as well. So kind of a neat spin on the start of the season for Providence and creating, if there wasn't already enough excitement, creating a little extra excitement for that very first official practice of the year. Well, man, and that's what you've got to do. It's just not like... It's not like it used to be when there's 3,500 season ticket holders, where there's 1,500 season ticket holders, where there's 200 season ticket holders. You've got to create your own excitement. As an AD, you want to create that excitement by giving your coaches tools and opportunities to uh, recognize different groups, to help uh, promote your program. We just did a 50-year anniversary of uh, Charlestown Football Friday night. That we got a big crowd for our, our final senior night game against the Pekin Eastern that we would not have had without that. Um, I think Coach Burden is doing a good job of promoting his program over there, and that's what you got to do. If you look on uh, Twitter, you see more people creating graphics and putting stuff out. We've got that platform for our coaches to uh, create graphics and put things out about their program, and you just got to flood people, just remind them, you know, to get out, and come support the, the, your local high school team. All right. Uh, question, are you a baseball fan, uh, and do you, if you don't pay attention during the regular season, uh, do you pay attention in the postseason? Well, Matt, you know, the biggest thing on that one, I just got back from Florida. You want to talk about a great deal. You've got the playoffs on one TV. You've got um, Thursday night football on the other TV, and you've got the ocean behind you. So anytime, anytime you're in that situation, you're going to be a baseball fan. But it was a, a great opportunity to see postseason at its best, Matt. Uh, am I a baseball fan? Cubbies fan. But th- this is not a year for the Cubbies. But I have enjoyed watching the games and the excitement that's gone on with it. Uh, if you if you've seen the excitement at the at the playoffs, you know this time of year there's no better uh, sport in October than watching a Major League Baseball. Absolutely, a lot of fun over the weekend. Some great games. I mentioned earlier Kyle Schwarber, the Phillies, at IU connection there, uh, having a lot of success and moving on uh, into the postseason. Chad Gilbert is my guest. Chad, we touched on girls basketball today. It's uh, just about time for me to start having on some of the boys' coaches as well as we preview the upcoming season. Uh, I- I'm curious, any thoughts on boys' basketball here in the area as we think about it uh, just a few weeks away from their official practices as well? Matt, let's get a preview together like we did the sectional uh, previews this year. I thought we we had a great time doing that last year. Let's get a preseason preview together this year and talk to the local coaches. I think there's going to be a lot of flair, a lot of excitement, a lot of parity as local teams come through. I don't, I just don't see that dominant, you know, Silver Creek coming through, the New Albany coming through. I think there's a lot of parities with a lot of good teams. And that's something that makes it exciting for not just the players, the schools, but it makes it exciting for the fan bases to get behind these guys because you know every night is going to be a good game. Absolutely. Chad Gilbert, my guest. Chad, always great great to catch up. I know it's a busy time for you and ADs across the area, and uh, we'll talk with you about local sports again next Monday. Matt, I appreciate the run. Thanks again for everything you do for Southern Indiana Sports. I appreciate it very much. Chad Gilbert, my guest, also had a text on the Thornton's text line. says, 8-1 Charlestown. Charlestown lost to Providence. Remember, Providence 
had to forfeit that game. So the one slip-up as far as scores go for the Pirates uh, was corrected. They officially finished the regular season with a 9-0 and record ahead of the tournament. I think Charlestown and Providence, though, they're the teams to follow in the postseason, uh, the two that have shown the most opportunity to compete and uh, maybe have a chance to see if they can win sectionals. For the Pioneers, would be surprised if they don't get to the championship at a minimum against a strong Tecumseh team who is 8-0, maybe now 9-0, I believe, heading into the uh, postseason. And Charlestown, I think, has an opportunity as well in their 3A sectional. Uh, they should beat Salem on Friday. Heritage Hills and Charlestown at the Boneyard in Charlestown, I think, would be a great contest. And I think the crowd would be tremendous for that game at Charlestown as well. So nothing like postseason sports. The football weather is here, and uh, we'll see if we can have some locals uh, maybe make some noise and move on to a regional. That would be really good for the area uh, as well. Thanks for being with us today. That's going to wrap up this Monday program. Be back with you every day this week at 11 a.m. Complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Thornton's text line is always open, 502-414-1450. If you've got a question or comment you want to get out on the show and don't forget to check us out as a podcast. We're available on Apple Podcasts and wherever you listen to podcasts. All you got to do is search for the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Have a great Monday. I'll be back with you Tuesday. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Matt Dennison.